Welcome to Asia Rising, a podcast from La Trobe Asia, where we discuss news, views and general happenings of Asian states and societies. I'm your host, Matt Smith. The decision to defect and leave North Korea is never taken lightly, and those that do risk imprisonment and death even for the well-prepared. Today's guest, Hai NCO Lee, has made the journey twice. Leaving initially through China, but returning years later to guide family to the safety of South Korea. She's written a book on the experience, The Girl with Seven Names. Can you explain the name that you've chosen? Mm. Because Hyun Seo Lee isn't your birth name. Yeah, Hyun Seo Lee is my seventh name. Your seventh name. That I gave myself in my, for the first time in my life. In China, hiding in China, to not being repatriated to North Korea, to protect my family members in North Korea. And because after I repatriated, that I will be faced prison, political prison camp or mm. executions. It's a standard for North Korean defectors. That's why I changed my name so many times to protect my identity. That's how I became the girl with the seven names. And the seventh name I gave this myself is Hyun means sunshine. Sunshine. Because uh, I was living under the tunnel, I mean, in a dark place for so many years. Uh, that's why I wanted yeah. to give the opposite sunshine, no more hiding in my life. And the her means good luck. So I hope the bad luck which I had all in my life, so stop the bad luck is disappearing, and then I hope I have good luck. I know the name will not change my name, but at least it's to comfort myself. Mm. And I wish this is my last name. <laughs> so I don't really know that maybe this is a certainly my last name in my life. But sometimes these days, because I'm my job is a human rights activist and as a writer, I'm traveling so many countries promoting everything. And then none of any foreigners in the outside was calling my name very correctly. They made all different sounds. I'm sure I got it wrong. <laughs> so, so I was thinking, oh, if I had a chance to change my name again in my life, maybe eight, eight times, I would change with very super easy name, like <laughs> Anna or Annie. You first left North Korea in about 1997. Mm-hmm. Is, is that right? Yes. So if, if I can ask you, for, for those who aren't familiar with your story, why did you choose to leave it then? What was happening? Because it's not an easy decision to leave what you see as your home and to make such a dangerous journey. No, there's so many what if in my life and regret and escaping. These are very related in my story, in my life. So at the time, if I knew what, life will be unfolded mm. ahead of me after escape my country. What kind of difficulties, hardships I will encounter? If I knew that answer, I don't think I would have the courage to escape from my country. Really? Even though life in North Korea is not fancy, I mean, it's uh, awful, but to me, experiencing all the difficulties in the outside, I mean, that's also not easy either. Mm. So um, it's another totally different story. But when I was uh, living in North Korea, believing my country was the best in the world, and our dear leader, Kim Il-sung, who died in 1994, and Kim Jong-il, 
the current dictator's father. I thought they are the best human being on this whole planet. Did you think of them as human yeah, beings, or were, yeah, were they something else above? They are the sun. Yeah, they are the, the sunshine. I believed if he dies, this whole world will be disappeared. Mm. Seriously, and then I really believed that they did, didn't even go to bathroom like sh- humans or like we did because I thought that's really dirty. That's why the old God is not doing the, the same. Too too common for them. To yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I really believed because the regime also f- told us North Korea is the paradise, and then they told us that how people in the outside world suffering, how the life is a disaster living in America or South Korea. Mm. And people are suffering, they are dying. I really believed because we have no way to see the outside world or no channel to hear that. And we don't even know what's democracy. There's no comparison. Mm. So why did you want to leave that? Why? Because I was living on the border with China one day. Mm. Not I was born from the area, but we moved to the area when I was in high school. So you could then, see across the border yeah, quite easily? I can see the China with my own eyes. And then we had TV at the time. Not many North Koreans had TV at that period, but we, my family, we had TV. And then I just uh, one day found out that our TV could pick up Chinese, Chinese TV signals. Yeah. And it's illegal even today watching any f- media, foreign media content. So you will be you know, sent to prison. But I just kept in my room, watched secretly by covering the window with thick blankets to prevent lights. Mm. And then I was mesmerized seeing the TV that I realized maybe North Korea is not the best in the world. So I was really confused whether the TV from China is a fake or real. Okay. And I just wanted to see China with my, my own eyes, not just through the TV, but just with my own eyes. I wanted to have double check. So the bigger curiosity and attraction made me cross the border into China. But the moment I was crossing the border, I didn't know I would be separated from my family, maybe mm. forever, or I can't go back to my country ever in my life. Was it was it a challenging process to actually cross the border? Mm. I mean, you, I know you, I realize you probably can't give a lot of details for something like that. Ah, uh, you know that's the border where. It's a really sad river, had a lot of uh, stories, sad stories, mm. not happy stories in the border, where people drowned into water when they're trying to cross into China. I saw dead bodies mm. floating down the river. Sometimes, not every day, but sometimes I see them in the early morning. And then that's the river where the North Korean military border guards, because they're patrolling the border very severely per 25 meters with arms. So they are killing people who have crossed the border into China. Mm. And then that's the border where they're releasing military trained dogs to bite people who are escaping the country. That's the border. That's yeah. the condition. But I was really lucky that because I was living on the border, we knew most the military border guards in in the town. Were they locals, yeah, were they? Because yeah. that was the capital. All city, my hometown was the capital of the province. It's a really main area mm. in the border. So the main officers were patrolling the area. And then we had a good relations because my home is right there near the military base. 
They didn't know I was escaping the country because even myself, I did not escaping my country because I thought I would certainly come back. And then they thought this young girl who lives a really, I mean, rich life in North Korea, they couldn't imagine I was fleeing the country. Mm. That's how they even helped me how to cross the border into China. So under their protection, it's a winter time. It's a frozen river. Winter time in our area is super cold. Temperature there is minus thirty degree in winter time. Yeah. So this frozen river. I just walked across under their protection. No swimming, just uh, like on the street. But the difference is uh, under their protection. That's why it was really safe for me. Mm. So many people, after reading my book, they realized. North Koreans crossing border into China is the most difficult part of their journey, at the end of their journey. But they realized actually that is not. That was just the only beginning of the long, long, difficult journey ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're in a place that you don't know. You've mm. not necessarily got contacts there and you've got language issues. You, you spoke Chinese though, didn't you? Well, you, you at the time, it. no. At when the I time, was, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, in North Korea, now, they are not teaching us foreign languages that much. I mean, we have a curriculum, actually. We have an English class mm. and Russian, learning Russian class, but not Chinese. Mm. But we have a Chinese characters, writing the, all the Chinese characters, which uses in Hong Kong and Taiwan these days, old characters, not the in mainland, the simplistic Chinese character. We have those classes, and then the characters are so beautiful. So complicated, but beautiful. That's why I was, I did my best. So in my class, when I was in North Korea, I got the number one test score on top of any student in my whole high school. Yeah. But I didn't know that will help me a few years later significantly in my life. So after I escaped the country into China, almost half of the vocabularies, I kind of knew what does that mean. Because I learned that the characters, but I didn't know how to read it. So I had to get through from the, you know, banana, from apple, everything. So I had to go through, you know, elementary school students' books. And then that's how I learned my best. But in Norsky, we have an English, but we didn't consider that it's really important. Nobody learned, did their best because we realized that. This is our enemy language, and then there's nowhere to use it. It's mm. enemy language. And then my brother, one day he asked his teacher, because he said he was feel sick of learning English in the class. So he said, why we have to learn our enemy language? <laughs> yeah. Our enemy is Americans. And then the teacher made really brilliant answers. Wow, I, didn't, I couldn't imagine she could make that kind of answer. She said, we are not learning American English. We are learning British English. <laughs> <laughs> are, are they less of enemies, are they? <laughs> <laughs> because in North Korea, we are told that Americans are bastards, yeah. but British are gentlemen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a distinction, yes, yes. And what are Australians? You probably didn't even think of us down here, did you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Seriously, no. But We're used to that. We're used to that. <laughs> None of, only American. And not that much British as well, just the America yeah. and South Korea. Once you went to, to China, you were there for a while, but these these language skills, they, they did help you because I, 
remember reading in your book that you escaped. Ah, you read being, my book. Yes, thank yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> you escaped being deported,、hmm. which must have been a, a scary encounter, <laughs> and your language skills must have been so good to be able to pass as Chinese. Today, I think I really have to confess to myself. I have a very talent in learning foreign languages. Three years after arrived in China, I was captured by the Chinese police,、mm. and somebody report me to the police station. Still, I don't know who is that person. It's a mystery in my life.、Mm. They came to my workplace to capture me, so I can't run away at the time. So they put me in the backside of car. That on the way to the police station, I wanted to run away, but I know I can't. And then I thought my life was just finished there. And then、uh, my family and I would be or sent to political prison camp or whatever executing. I thought just finished everything. And then actually, what I did inside car for the first time in my life, I really prayed to God. I didn't even know what was God the meaning. Seriously, but I prayed, even though I didn't know the symbol of Red Cross. During the interrogation in the police station, not only they tested my Chinese language abilities, but writing, dictation, and reading newspaper, everything. And then I did everything perfect, and then my writing was too amazing. I couldn't <laughs> imagine this young girl writes just really authentic Chinese writing stuff, like. Original Chinese people. Yeah, yeah. So people in China, people know how to speak, but still, some people from rural area they don't know how to write or read. Mm-hmm. And they're simplified characters、uh, as well. Yeah. That's how they couldn't believe this young girl is North Korean defector. So in the end, that's how they released me to go back home because they thought there was a false report by someone. So that was first miracle happened in my life. So. That language is totally saved my life. And、yeah. So many times I was thinking, even today, if I was repatriated to North Korea at that time, what could happen in my life? Imprisoned. Yeah. yeah. I would be tortured severely. Yeah. I don't want to imagine that, but just、uh, I always in nightmare. What could happen to me?、Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you you left China after a while and went to South Korea, didn't you? After that, but you. Ended up returning to North Korea to help your family escape, not just helping them out themselves. You actually went back because、um, after I found my real freedom in South Korea, I realized this is a real world、mm. where human being I, we can even foresee the life can be beautiful. We have every freedom, every rights there. So as a North Korean, we were deprived. Every rights, speaking of freedom, speaking of religion, and we are deprived even the thinking ourselves. We didn't have any dream for ourselves. We became just human robots, just、mm. praising for our dear leader. We are so brainwashed people on this planet even today. So I wanted to rescue my family, and then they were in a dangerous. Situation several times because of me back in North Korea because of my defection, so I couldn't sleep really well. I had always nightmare my family were taken prison, so that's how I took another risk in my life. I went back to the border in fourteen years, exactly where I crossed fourteen、yeah. years、okay. before. 
It was 2009-2010. It took the, the period one year of the journey, which I thought it would only cost maybe less than one month. But mm. it took one year of journey for me. And then I, if I knew that before leave to North Korea to China, if my family, what problems I would encounter during the journey, if I knew that, I'm still thinking these days. Believe me, I'm not going to China. I'm not going to rescue my family because too scared. Yeah. I can't do that because that's too dangerous journey that all survive together or die together. Mm. Die means we, we will be repatriated to North Korea and then we'll be in public execution or, or sent to political prison camp. But the answer is me. I will be certainly one million percent will be in public execution at the time because I was having South Korean passport which is North Korea's biggest enemy even today. But the success rate was all survived together, less than 20% mm. guaranteed. I knew that, but I believed my life. And then I went there. But as I said, if I knew that, I would not try in my life. And then if then I still today, I don't think I have a chance to meet, meet my family or whole entire my life. Mm. I'm not the fortune teller, and I didn't know what gonna happen in my life. So I went there. That's long, 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 long story. But in the end, I'm very happy that I was reunited with my family in South Korea. But there's a one hero at the end of the long journey who really helped my family, releasing them from prison in Laos. Oh, and this is in Laos, the mm. Australian who he's Australian. So man. now you know who Australia uh, is, yes. Until then, I didn't know actually Australia. <laughs> that's, that, look again, that's fair enough. <laughs> and I was always confused, Austria, Australia. Austra- yeah, we get that. We get that a lot. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, we were escaped China in the end, crossed border into Laos, but my family was captured by Lao government, and then they were taken prison. So by the time when I found them, five of them was in the prison. Mm. My family too, and then three other North Korean defectors who were captured before my family. One month ago, they were much longer than them. So five people are dying to escape from prison. I have a duty as a North Korean to release them. So I did my best for 50 days. And they go sharing with law government about their release. And then in the end, I got the fine from them, the per person I have to pay in cash, US dollar. Yeah. Otherwise, can't release them from prison. That's the prison people are sometimes dying because the prison, there's no rules, no like uh, international rules. Like, within the prison, they're just killing each other, beating each other. So, my mom just freaked out seeing somebody was uh, just a death there by beaten. Mm. So I did my best. And then in the end, when I got the fine fees, I realized that I didn't have money to pay that money. And then nowhere I can borrow because I have no family members in this world, no friends. And I thought this world was so cold. And then I was really hopeless at the time. But I, one man approached me and he was Australian. I mean, he was the only first human being who started asking me questions during the whole journey. Mm. So I didn't know how to speak English at the time, but my cell phone has dictionary at the time. I mean, even today we have dictionaries. So yeah, yeah. the dictionary helped me to communicate with him. So I still vividly remember that I said five no skin defectors are in a prison and need money to release him. And 
He said, I will help you. And then immediately he went to the ATM. And then he took out his uh, the cash and paid five people's fine fees and released them. Mm. So that moment, for the first time, I saw the beautiful mind of human being. I thought human beings are all evil. Seriously, I didn't really believe human beings in my lifetime because all struggles I had in China, it was caused by human being. <laughs> so I didn't really believe justice exists. And also you'd, you'd been brought mm. up knowing that, mm. well, Americans, Westerners Mm-mm. are your enemy. People are evil. Yeah. And then his behavior changed my mind, believing that, ah, oh, old story, we need international communities' help so that I have to learn English. So ever since I came back from that, after meeting him, I began to learn English. I did my best. That's how I'm here today. That was the big motivation. Mm. It's been 20 years since you left North Korea for the first time. How do you think your your country's changed in that time? Are you are you worried about the North Koreans that are left there? 20 years is a long time, and the country can change a lot in that time. And there's now Kim Jong-un. There's no Kim Jong-il. Right. Exactly what I said. 20 years can be changed a lot, but the reality, nothing changed in that country. Only the, what's changed is the dictator changed. Mm. I mean, today many people are saying, oh, North Korea, it is changed a lot compared to, you know, in the past. What they see is only on the surface. They see missiles and Mm-mm. summits with Trump. Still, we have a dictator ruling the country. We have a public execution. People are disappearing in the middle of night to the political prison camp. There's nothing changed. And then human rights, all the abuses, it's happened every moment in there. But recently we have a very dynamic political changes. I mean, because of the summit between America and North Korea and including South Korea, it's a very historical moment. I mean, the regime, to me, they're lying, saying denuclearization. Mm. That's totally absurd. But the summit between President Trump and our dictator, it's a symbolic moment. I hope that can bring something changes the people into North Korea, so bring people's life quality better than now. And then I hope I'm wrong that North Korean regime not gonna be changed. I hope I'm wrong, so that I can go back my home very sooner than I expected. You would go back home? That's my dream. Yeah. Every day I, I'm dreaming. But but one thing I'm very happy that, I'm not talking about the politics in America, but talking about America's politics on North Korea, hmm. which President Trump, because of him, certainly, because of him we had the summit this time between North Korea, which otherwise we can't even dream about that. Because last year and then this year early, we really thought America were going to attack North Korea. There's a lot of controversy and the tensions went on at the time on the Korean Peninsula. But in the end, we had a summit right now. I have 50% of hope that might be I can see the light mm. in North Korea so that the people can have the freedom. So actually, I met the President Trump in I was about person. to say, did you did you tell President Trump yeah, all of this, this sort of stuff? Yeah. yeah. Like in February, I met him at the White House. It was before the Singapore summit. That must have been surreal. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I had dreamed. 
my focus was human rights issues, which America right now, they are paying big attention about North Korean human rights issues are really important. Mm. America right now, not only pressure on North Korea about nuclear issues, but among the human rights issues, because North Korean regime, they hate to hear about human rights issues than the nuclear power. You know why? Human rights abusing is the main weapon for the regime to controlling people's mindset physically, everything for seven decades so far. If they remove human rights abuses in their country, the regime can no longer survive if people have freedom. That's why they really hate to hear that human rights world or Chinese government as well. Yeah. But President Trump, he for the first time really raised a huge issue about talking about North Korean human rights issues and then meeting North Korean defectors like me, you know, on the media together. North Korea and Chinese government hate to see that. So I'm really happy that he's trying his best to, to something. I mean, people are skeptical or people are criticizing some people, but we can't uh, please everyone mm. in this world. But mm. in that sense, I'm very thankful. In the end, I really hope that the freedom, I told the President Trump, please give North Korean people freedom they deserve because who can bring this to North Korean people? I don't think South Korean government or Japan, none of the country in the world care about the issues in North Korea. But I think maybe America is the only country can help us in these issues. Mm. So that's why it was really important for me. I have to kind of wonder what young Hyun So Lee would think about her going to meet the man in charge of all the other American bastards and seeing him as the person who can help her people. That must be quite an experience. What do you think your younger self would think about all of that? Um, by the way, thinking about Americans are not human, they are all American bastards, because in North Korea we don't have vocabulary Americans. Mm. We only have one vocabulary, like American bastards. This is one vocabulary. The brain was already it's disappeared from me because I escaped that country a long time ago than any people. For me, all the chance I have today, I think this is all because of America. Okay. Yeah, so because of America, I had chance to speak on the TED stage. It was from America. Mm. And then my book, which is New York Times best-selling book, this is today. So it's all from America. So to me, America is like a savior I mean, we learned Americans are the most evil human being on this planet, and we describe them as a human scums. But after I began to learn about the world, I feel they are very kind people, nice people who care. I was so amazed by so many stories that they are charities and the human rights issues that they care about. Everything is, I feel, so amazed that so different story that I learned from North Korea. That's how I work right now in these issues. That was Hyun Seo Lee, a North Korean defector and activist, and author of the memoir The Girl with Seven Names. And you have been listening to Asia Rising. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you may prefer. And you can follow us on Twitter. Hyun Seo Lee is at Hyun Seo Lee NK, and we are at Latrobe Asia. I'm Matt Smith, and thanks for listening.